Hey, we're, uh, I'm really glad that you're here. We're continuing our, um, our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and we're uh, going to be in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open to Matthew 6. That's the first book of the New Testament. If you don't have your Bibles, you got it on your phone, just find Matthew and tap that or whatever it is. If you don't even have that with you or whatever, just look on the screen in uh, just a few minutes. All the scripture that we use will be on the screen, and you can follow along like that. Sometimes that's even easier to follow along. But Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to cover 18 verses today. And there's a, a point that Jesus makes in here that if we miss it, if we don't, if we don't grab a hold of this, if we, if we let this go over our heads or we ignore it altogether or somehow we're you know, too ignorant to, to, to figure it out, um, then we're going to spend our whole life and we're going to work real hard and we're not going to get the results that we wanted. And, we're, and things aren't going to be satisfying to us the way they should. And so I want you to pay real, real close attention when we talk about that in just a minute. You know, whatever it is that we do in life, motivation is important. Um, what, the reason behind whatever it is that you are doing, when, when there's a crime committed, when there's a murder committed, what are the first things the police do if they don't have any hard evidence, is that if there wasn't an eyewitness or whatever, if, if somebody killed Donnie Kaufman, which would be a tragedy, uh, but if somebody did that, the first thing the police would do is they'd say, who had a motive to kill Donnie? And Shelley would be the first one on their list. Because they would say, he aggravated her so much, maybe she snapped, you know, or whatever it was. And then they'd probably move down to his sons, and Paul would maybe be number one because maybe he wanted all the money that Donnie's got, and he would be sorely disappointed to find out that Donnie didn't have any money. But anyway, motive is, is, is important. We, we look for motive. What is it that, that, that's the reason behind? Um, I think about a, a, a couple that, that uh, my wife and I knew many, many, many years ago. None of, nobody in here knows this couple, but they were dead dating and they had been dating for a long time and he never was asking her to marry uh, him he never was you know moved taking that step and she had been married before and was feeling kind of like her you know her clock was ticking and she didn't want to waste any more time with this guy so she gave him an ultimatum and pretty much said listen either we're going to get married or I'm moving on so you may didn't make up your mind well guess what all of a sudden he married he he comes up with a ring like the next weekend and asked her to marry her and which I I remember thinking back then I thought do you really want to marry a guy that you like held a gun to his head and said you're going to marry me and uh, because his motive wasn't really there he, he had kind of been pushed into it, and he didn't have the motivation. And so motivation is important. And, and this passage of Scripture we're talking about today, starting with Matthew 6, 1, Jesus makes that same point to us about motivation. And look at Matthew 6, 1. This is what he says here in the Sermon on the Mount. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. See, the big point that Jesus is making and that we have to grab a hold of, or we're going to spend our entire life doing things and, and we're going to be frustrated with the results we get, and this is it. The big point is, in things done for God, the why is just as important as the what. The why is just as important as the what. Why you do something is just as important as to what you actually 
did if you're doing something to serve God. Donnie kind of alluded to that just a minute ago when he was talking about the, talking about the offering. We're going to get into giving in just a minute because it's one of the things Jesus talked about. But Donnie talked about that a while ago. We don't want you to give just because you feel like you got to. We want you to give because you're excited about it and you feel like you're doing what God wants you to do. The motivation is important. The why is just as important as the what. Now remember, in the day that Jesus was teaching this, and we've talked about this a lot in this Sermon on the Mount series, in the day that Jesus was teaching this, there was this group of people called the Pharisees, and nobody was better at doing the what than the Pharisees. There was nobody better around right then than following the laws of God than the Pharisees. They were the absolute best at it. They knew them. They followed them. They made sure you followed them. That, that's what they were. They were big into what, you were, what they did, what other people should do. The what was most important to them. But if you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the four books of the New Testament we call the Gospels. If you read through those four books and you read about Jesus and his ministry and the, and the conversations and the arguments that he would have with the Pharisees, his arguments with the Pharisees were rarely about the what, they were always about the why. Because the Pharisees believed in following the law, but their motivation for why they was doing it, for why they were doing it was all off track. And, and so in this passage right here, for the next several verses after verse 1, Jesus gives three specific examples. And he talks about three things. He talks about giving, praying, and fasting. Now the reason I think that he, he could have mentioned any, any type of thing when it, that people do for God, but those were three very common practices in that day that people would do to, to serve God. They would give to the needy, they would pray, and they would fast. Now, these still today, two out of three of these are still very common today. Which one is not common today? Fasting. Nobody fasts anymore. And, we, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but giving and praying are still something we do. We just had a time a while ago for you to give. We just prayed before I stood up here. Chris prayed before I came. Donnie prayed for the offering. I'll pray at the end. When you go to life group this week, wherever you go, there'll be a time in life group where someone is going to pray. And so these three things back then and still today are good things to do. They, they are things that, that people do in order to serve God. And there's no argument about that. There's nobody that can tell me, you know what, Cliff, I don't really think we're supposed to give, or I don't think we're supposed to fast, or I don't think we're supposed to pray, because the Bible, the, the biblical evidence, not just in the New Testament, but Old Testament and all the way through, says that these three things are good things to do. Giving, praying, and fasting are all good things to do. The Scripture backs that up. And, but the thing that we have to remember is the why is just as important as the what. So just doing these things or any other thing that you do for God is not enough. Just saying, okay, I gave this week, check that off the list. I prayed this week, check that off the list. I didn't eat lunch until about 1230, so I'll count that as fasting. Check that off the list, right? That, that, that if we just do those things and we think we're somehow pleasing God and somehow He's real, real super proud of us, but we're doing it only because we feel like we've got to, then we've missed the entire point. Because the why is just as important as the what. Now the thing that Jesus teaches us when he, when he begins to talk through this scripture about giving and praying and fasting, and, and the second thing that you need to know is this, the why is proven in secret. The why 
is proven in secret. Let me say that one more time so if you're taking notes, you can write it down. The why is proven in secret. See, when, 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 uh, when he talks about giving, fasting, and praying, look at, look at these verses, the giving part. Verses 3 and 4. He says this, But when you give to the needy, do not left, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in, say it out loud with me, secret. Now you're going to have a chance to do that again. I want you to do better on it, right? Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Then look what he says about praying. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So what does he say about fasting? But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. We're going to get to that in just a minute. So that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The why is just as important as the what, and where you can tell if the why is genuine, if the why is right, is what happens in secret, what happens between you and God, not what's done in front of other people. And that's hard for us, and we're going to talk in just a minute about why that's difficult for us, but, but the, the, the part of that is because we like to be recognized. We like to be recognized. We like to be, to be patted on the back. And, and the thing is, once we do anything in public, when, when we know other people are watching, it's different than when we do it in secret. Um, I, I did youth ministry for, for many years before, before we um, started this church. And I would love to hang out with, with high school guys and watch how they acted because I was a high school guy at one time and, and that kind of thing. And, and, um, you get a group of high school guys like playing basketball in a gym and it's only guys there, they act one way. Then let's say you bring in 10 high school girls that are all watching the high school guys play and they act completely different. It doesn't matter to me who the high school guy is. He acts different when there's a high school girl around. All of a sudden now, he's puffing his chest out a little more. He's flexing his biceps that are non-existent. He's doing all that kind of stuff, trying to show off. Guys that can't dunk are trying to dunk. It's just crazy. And why? Because someone is watching them, and they know someone is watching them, and it's changed everything about how they act. We all struggle with that. All of us struggle with that because we like to be recognized, we like to be noticed, we like to be patted on the back. And so when we begin to do things, if, if we're doing it because we want someone else to know about it, we want someone else to see it, then our motivation, it's, it's naturally our motivation is going to get all out of whack. But the motivation, the why, if we do that secretly between us and God, and only God knows what we're given, and only God knows what we're praying from the deepest part of our heart, and only God knows when we're fasting and giving something up for Him, then that's going to help our motivation because we're going to be focused on what we ought to be focused on, which is Him. I love in the, the very first verse of Matthew 6, 1, it says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. He, Jesus starts off this whole thing and says, be careful. Because it's a struggle for us. All of us struggle with it. I think about what these guys up here uh, and, and sometimes ladies do up here on Sunday morning when they, when they lead us by, by, in music. That's a struggle for all of them. Because here they get to stand up here, they get to play an instrument which most of you cannot play. 
They have a bright light shining on them. Everybody, all eyes are looking on them. And they've got to be sure that their why is right. They've got to be sure that their motivation is right. What they're doing is good. You can't deny what they're doing is good. They can play their instruments well. They're playing music that glorifies God. They're, they're helping lead us and worship it through music as they do that. You can't deny that's a good thing. But they've got to be sure that their attitude of their heart, the why, is right when they do that. And see, that's only proven in secret. That for them to be able to stand up here and lead us on Sunday mornings by, by playing music and to be sure that they're not more interested in being a rock star than they are being a worship leader, then what they've got to do before they show up here, they better be praying. They better be in the Scripture. They better be asking God to, 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 to completely dissect their heart and get down to the to core of who they really are. Because if not, they'll stand up here, the bright lights will come on, and all of a sudden they'll all think they're Eddie Van Halen or whoever it else that is, you know, somebody not from the 80s that that y'all like. That's who they'll be thinking. So the why is so important, and Jesus tells us to be careful about that. See, when when we only do things to be recognized, then we're missing out on the benefit of why it should be done. And and we'll talk about in a minute about reward. I I thought about when I was a kid... um, I had to brush my teeth before bed every night, which was just such a burden to me as a child. Anybody else feel like that when you were like nine, teenage, you know, just a nine-year-old boy trying to do whatever it is nine-year-old boys do? And just the worst thing in the world to me was, first of all, going to bed, and then second of all, having to brush your teeth before bed. It's just terrible. So I would go into the bathroom and just run the water a little bit, not do anything, and come out. Tell my mom, yeah, I brushed my teeth. Well, my mom is a very intelligent woman. She started checking my toothbrush, and it was dry. So I got in big trouble for that, right? So me, you know, being the Einstein that I am, hey, I'll just wet this toothbrush, right? Well, then my mom started noticing that the toothpaste wasn't running out ever. And so she's like, you're not brushing your teeth, are you? You're just wetting that brush. Oh, yeah. So then I started taking the toothpaste and squirting a little bit of it down the sink. Now, here's the crazy thing. All of that effort... That was more work than actually brushing my teeth, right? But to me, that was what I wanted to do. Because in my mind, all I had to do was, let's just be sure I do enough so that the person monitoring me, the person noticing me will think I'm okay, and then that's what matters. But no, that's not the point of brushing the teeth. The point of brushing my teeth before bed had nothing to do whether my mom noticed it or not. The point of brushing my teeth was so that my teeth wouldn't rot out of my head. That's the reason you're supposed to do that. But I was missing out on that altogether as a child. And sometimes when we're doing things, we're doing things for God, and the reason we're doing it, our motivation is because we hope someone will notice us. We hope someone will pat us on the back. We hope someone will tell us, man, your prayer at Life Group the other night, was that was so deep and awesome. And, you know, and, man, when you share that scripture the other day it just that just changed my life and when we're doing things for that reason then we're totally missing out on why we should be doing it and see our motivation is just as important as what we actually do the why is important as the what and the why is only proven in secret see jesus talks about that he talks about about what's going to happen to us and, and look at uh, when he talks about giving when we give to be noticed verse uh, 6 2 says this So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now I think of all the things that that we do in church, 
giving, fasting, praying, leading worship, teaching, leading life groups, greeting people at the door, setting up screens and keeping babies and teaching children and working with teenagers, all those things we do. I think giving is one of those where we can be tempted the most to do it to be noticed. And here's why I think that. I've been in church my whole life. And some of you have been in churches like this. I went to a wedding one time, and it was this small church, and every pew in that church had a gold, little, well, not one gold, brass, I guess, little plaque on the end that told who donated the money for that pew. Every stained glass window had a little plaque under it that said who donated the money for that stained glass window. Every hymn book in the thing, you open it up, it had written in there, given by so-and-so. Every single one. And I remember looking at all that and thinking, this is so weird. And there was a man that came and sat behind me. I don't know who he was. I didn't turn around to look at him. But he summed up my feelings perfectly. He sat down with his wife, and they were there for the wedding. They weren't part of that church. And I heard him say to his wife, he said, I couldn't ever go to this church. And she said, why is that? He said, there ain't a thing in here that belongs to God. And I thought that was the... I thought that was the greatest thing ever. Because, because here you had an entire building where everybody who gave any money to make that building happen, they wanted credit. They wanted people to recognize, hey, I gave five, I'm so holy, I gave enough money for five pews in here. You only gave enough money for one pew. You only gave enough money for one stained glass window. I gave four in honor of my grandmother because she was the greatest woman that ever lived or whatever it was. And so that was all over that place. And we, when it comes to giving, in church, we can so easily slip into, I'm doing this so people will notice me. Now, I want you, all of you to remember this because we're getting ready to build a building. We're not going to meet in Greer High School forever. We're making plans now to build a building out on our church property on Highway 290. And we have teams of people working on that. And we're getting ready to begin meeting with architects and putting together a plan. And we hope by the beginning of next year, by January of 2014, to have a plan to show you this is what we want to build. And there's going to be a gigantic number attached to that plan of money that it's going to take to build that. Not because we think we need to build a palace, but because to build anything anymore, it costs a lot of money. And when we show you that gigantic number, we're going to say things to you like, we want you to pray about what God wants you to give. We want you to pray about what your part would be in that. And we're going to do some things to help you have the ability to do that. We're going to teach you about budgeting and we're going to do all those kinds of things because we believe you want to give to this building and we're going to give you the tools so that you can give so that this building can be built. And when that happens, I really believe there are people in this church who have the ability who have the ability financially that you could pay for $500,000 worth of that building. Now, some of you who can do that, you're thinking, he's already talking about me. And I don't have anybody in mind. Roger Brown. No, I'm just kidding. I saw, Ro- I saw Roger turning around right there, so I just decided to get Roger a little bit. No, I don't have, I don't have anybody in mind when I say that. But there, I believe there are, there are those of you here that you're going to have the ability to give a large portion of that money for that building. And if you have the ability to do that, by all means, I want you to. But 
If you have the ability to do that and you want to do it so that I can know about it and everybody else can know about it and you want to be recognized as the highest giver of that building or you think that's making a down payment on me and you being best buddies or you and Don, are you getting to go hunting with Donnie every time he goes hunting or any of those kinds of things, if that's why you're giving it because you want to be recognized, then please keep the money for yourself. Because when it comes to giving, praying, fasting, serving, teaching, leading in music, whatever it is, we have to be sure that the why is right, not just the what. Jesus talks about prayer. Verses 6, 5 through 13, he says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Why have they received their reward in full? Because praying is bad? No, because where they're doing it and why they're doing it. They're standing outside, praying loud, making everybody sure everybody notices them. But when you pray, go into your room, secret, close the door, secret, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, at its most basic, prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is sharing the deepest part of your heart with the heart of God. That's what it is. It's making a connection, talking with Him, listening to Him. It's communicating with Him. But at the moment we begin to pray, and we're hoping that those around us will notice how good we can pray, the moment we begin to pray and we think, hey, I've got to throw in some extra words, or you do one of those old-timey prayers like people at my church used to do growing up, where they do it in King James English with a lot of these and thous and, and blesseth and all that kind of stuff in there. The moment you start doing that to impress people, it ceases to be communication with God and it totally becomes just a bunch of hot air. It totally becomes you just saying stuff to try to make people think you're so smart and God is not impressed by that in the least. God's not impressed by your language. He kind of created all that stuff. He created us to, to come up with language on our own. And he's not impressed by you, you know, using a bunch. You've never prayed and, and said something really theological and God go, man, that, I tell you what, that Cliff, he's got it all together when his prayers. I've got a special place in heaven when he gets up here. He's going to live next door to me so I can just listen to him pray all the time. No, it doesn't work that way. I love it when it talks about don't keep on babbling like pagans. They think they'll be heard because there are many words. The thing I thought about when I was thinking through all this is I thought about we all, we all need to pray like our, our little kids do. I love listening to a little kid pray that when they, they're really zoned in and, and a little kid just because they tell God everything. And, and they don't, they're not worried about impressing people. They're not even worried about being wrong in what they pray. A little kid will pray stuff like, you know, God, don't let it rain on my birthday party this week. You know, whatever. And, and we're thinking as adults, oh, that's so selfish. There might be people that need rain. No, that, that kid's just being honest. And they don't care that you're listening to them. They're just talking to God. And, and we need to be more like that in our prayer. We just need to pray and say, 
God, this is, this is what's going on with me and I don't know what to do about it and just not worry about what those around us think. And then what does he say about fasting? 6.16, he says this, when you fast, let me stop right there. Let me say that again. When you fast. Let me say that one more time. When you fast. Not if you fast or some people fast. It says when you fast. Now listen, I don't want you to... I'm sitting up here saying this. I don't want you to think, I bet Cliff like goes a whole week without eating. No, I, listen, I struggle with this too. And so I want to encourage you as, as we're going to talk about other stuff and this is just a little small part of today. But I want to encourage you to think about fasting at some point. And if you can't fast because of food, you got a blood sugar issue or whatever... Give up something else and something you really like. You know, I, one year for Lent, I gave up smoking crack, which was real easy because I'd never smoked crack before. So you don't, don't do that. You gotta, you gotta give up something that means something to you, that's something you do, something that you probably do every day. You know, for some of you, it might mean you're gonna fast from, from coffee for a week. If you do that, go ahead and live in a hotel so you don't, you know, destroy your family. But either way, but whatever it is, Fast, you know, find something to fast. All right, but anyway, he says this. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I'll tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now see, back then, just like today, fasting was a little bit higher on the spiritual ladder than giving and praying. Just like today, back then, just about everybody gave, everybody prayed, but not everybody fasted. That's the way it is today. Just about everybody gives something, everybody prays, uh, even if it's just before your meal or just when the police have pulled you over, but not everybody fasts. And so what was happening back then is the people who were fasting, they were showing up and they hadn't eaten in three or four days and they wanted to be sure everybody knew about it, so they'd come in holding their belly and groaning and all this kind of stuff, just hoping someone would come up and say, hey, what's going on with you? Are you okay? And they'd say, oh yeah, it's just, I've just been fasting to the Lord and it's just so difficult. And, and so then people, oh wow, you're so holy, you're so great. And Jesus said, no, don't do any of that. He says, when you show up, you better be washed up, your hair better be fixed, you better look better than anybody else there, so that when you walk in, nobody has a clue that you're fasting. Because if you're doing it for people to notice you, you've got it all wrong. Because the why is just as important as the what. See, when we, when we, we all want to be recognized, we all want to be noticed, we want to be patted on the back, and all that comes down to we want to be rewarded. We want people to notice and be rewarded for what we do. It doesn't matter if you're doing something at work or you're doing something at church or you're doing something around the house. You want somebody to notice, and even if the reward is a, 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 a raise or if the reward is just your husband or wife saying, thank you for doing that, that's what we want. We want to be rewarded. Well, Jesus talked about this idea of reward, and this is what, this is what he teaches us about reward. When the why is right, the reward is great. When the why is right... The reward is great. See, it's proven in secret. The why is proven in secret. But once, once it's proven in secret and it's right, and our motivation is there, Jesus says the reward is going to be awesome because God recognizes it and God gives the rewards. Look at what he says about the rewards of giving. Verse 6-4, it says this, So that your giving may be in secret, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then about prayer. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And then about fasting. 
so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, so that's rewards that come from God. Now contrast that to the rewards we get if we try to impress men. Look what it says here, verse 6-2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. Listen to this now. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. And then about prayer, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. And then about fasting, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. You know what in full means there in the Scripture? means it. That's it. That's all you get. If you're praying and you're praying to impress somebody, when you're done with that prayer, if someone were to say to you, wow, I really love to hear you pray, that's it. That's the only reward you will ever get for that. If you're giving, and let's say you give a million dollars to whatever it is, to this church, to Greer Community Ministries, to whatever it might be, you give a million dollars and you think, man, I'm awesome because I gave a million dollars. Y'all punks only gave like a hundred bucks and I gave a million dollars. I'm amazing. And if you did that to impress people and, and people, they put your name in the paper and they put a plaque up and a picture of your face on the side of the church wall and all that kind of stuff, guess what? That's all you're going to get. You're expecting to go to heaven one day and Jesus to greet you at the door and say, whoo, you gave a million dollars, you're special. He's not even going to mention it. In fact, you know what he might do? Now, I don't know this, so shout me down, theologians, if you want to, but you know what he might do? He might give you a stern talking to him, put his finger up in your face because you did it for the wrong reasons. I don't know, but you're not going to get rewarded for it past that earthly reward. In full means that's it. It would be like, it would be like if, if, I gave, if I gave each of you $1,000, all right? First of all, if I did that, that would be the greatest church service you'd ever been to. But let's just imagine that I gave each of you $1,000, and I said to you, you got two choices with that money. You can take it, and you can spend it right now on whatever you want to spend it on, all $1,000 of it. You can buy a bunch of clothes, you can buy a big old TV, you can pay a bill, whatever, but it's a thousand bucks, you can spend it all right now. Or the other option is I give you the thousand dollars and we have a fund set up that you can put the money in and it's got to stay in there 20 years. And during that 20 years, it's going to earn 10% interest every year, which by the way, if you get that deal, take it because nobody's paying 10% interest anymore. But let's say you, you can, I'm going to give you this thousand dollars. You can put it in a fund. It's going to earn 10% compounded interest every year. Now, if the interest calculators, two of them that I used on the internet are right, at the end of 20 years, you would have almost $7,000 instead of a thousand dollars. Now, which is the smarter choice? Spending the 1000 now or waiting and doing without for a little while? 20 years, you know, seems like a long time, but the older you get, it doesn't seem like that long. Doing without for about 20 years, and now you can have 
$7,000 instead of $1,000. Well, the only person who would say, no, nah, I'll take the 1000 right now, are either foolish people or someone who's just completely desperate and they've got to have the money right at this moment. And what Jesus is saying to us is, he's saying, listen, when, when you do something to be recognized by men, whatever they say about you now, whatever pat on the back you get, that's it. That's the only reward you get. But if you do it, if the why is right, if the why is, is, is proven in secret and the why is right, then the reward is going to be great because you're going to be rewarded by God and that's a reward that's going to come some now, but a lot of it's going to come in heaven and it's never going to end and it's going to be a whole lot better than a a pat on the back or a plaque on the end of a pew saying that you donated money for it because it's a reward that comes from God. And see, what we tend to do Because we want recognition so bad, because we want to be patted on the back so badly, is that we will trade in the $1,000 and and, and we will trade in the the heavenly reward for the earthly reward. We will trade in the $7,000 for the $1,000 because we can get that right now. But what Jesus is telling us is, listen, if you do this for the right reasons, if the why is right, if the why is really more important or just as important as the what, and you do it for the right reasons, then your heavenly reward is going to be so much greater and you would never want to trade that away for somebody right now just telling you hey good job or I think you're awesome because you're going to have an eternity where you're being rewarded by Jesus now how that's all going to work I don't have any idea I don't know how it's all going to work and I think that's part of our struggle with waiting on that reward we know how we would get rewarded here But we have to trust that God's reward is going to be a lot better. And I don't know what all that looks like. I've never been to heaven. Can't wait to go there. And when I go there, it's going to be awesome to see how people are rewarded for what they've done. For the the why being right and for their motivation being what it was supposed to be. See, the, the, the thing about earthly recognition is it dies off. The money runs out. The recognition goes away. But the heavenly reward lasts forever. So I, I want to ask you a couple questions. I want, I want you to, to wrestle with these, and, and if you want to write them down, they're easy. You probably can remember them without writing them down, but I want you to ask yourself these questions. There's two, and the first question is this. First, and this is very basic, what are you doing? What are you doing? Now, there's some of you in here, the what are you doing question is no problem for you. You're doing tons of stuff for, for, for God. You're giving, you're praying, you're fasting, you're serving, you're doing all kind of stuff. But there's others of you in here, when, when I ask you, what are you doing? You, don't, you aren't doing anything. You come to church here week after week after week, and you watch everybody else serve, and you walk in, and oh, look, all that stuff's put up, and oh, look, there's coffee to drink, and you do all that stuff, and you watch it, and you go home. You don't put any money in the bucket when it comes by, or if you do, it's about, you know, 1% of your salary instead of 10% that God requires. Any of that kind of stuff, you're not praying, you're not serving your neighbor, you're not doing anything. And if that's where you are, you can't even get to the why being just as important as the what because you're not even doing the what. You've got to find a basic place to start and figure out what it is, what is it that God wants me to do. Now, those of you that are serving, just think for a moment, and maybe you want to go home later and write it down. What are the things you're doing for God? What are they? And just write those things down and figure that out. Now, the second question, which more of you are going to have to wrestle with, is why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? 
Now, let me, let me just say something that, that's, uh, that I think maybe we should all understand, but our motivation tends to go up and down sometimes. And it just, you, there might be times that you're doing it for the right reason, the why is right for most of the time, but every once in a while you have a weak moment and you're doing it for the wrong reason. So think about whatever it is that you're doing and think about, really, why am I doing that? Am I doing that because I want somebody to notice me? Am I doing that because I don't want Chris to be mad at me, so I'm still setting up, you know, or playing in the band and just because I'm afraid because I'm passive-aggressive and I don't want to have a conversation about quitting or whatever it is, or, you know, or whatever it might be that you're doing. Donnie talked about the giving component of it. Why are you giving? And I'm telling you, listen, we, we need money to make stuff happen around here. We're going to need money to, to build a building. But if you're giving to impress somebody, or if you're giving because you feel like we've twisted your arm, don't give anymore. Don't do it. Deal with God. Get your heart right. Now, if giving drops off next week, I'm going to come up here and say, why are y'all not giving? Get, get back here and give some more. But, but I'm serious. You know, be sure that you evaluate why you're doing what it is that you're doing. I'm going to, I'm going to close this. And uh, before I do, I want to tell you a story. And it's a true story. And, um, and I think it should just be something that reminds us to, to be careful. When, uh, and by the way, there's some of you here that went to this church, and um, if you ask me who this person was after the service, I will never tell you, all right? I'm taking this one to my grave. You'll never know who it is. Um, when I was at Fairview, the church that I was on staff at and uh, did youth ministry at for a long time, we, uh, we took a, um, a trip to Brazil with our teenagers. And it's very expensive to go to Brazil because you have to fly there. I don't know if you know that. It's either fly or swim, and we chose to fly. And so uh, everybody had to have airline tickets. It was very expensive. And so we did different things, and the kids, you know, the kids and the adults going, they all had to pay a certain amount, and then we were hoping to, to raise the money to, for the rest of the cost of the airline tickets, and it was, cost a lot of money. And so we had done a couple things. And so then the... Um, church and the staff and the deacons decided, hey, let's just tell people what the need is and ask them to give towards it. So on a sunny morning, I stand up and I say, y'all know we're going to Brazil and we're excited about it and uh, we still need this much money for the airline tickets. And it was a significant amount of money. It wasn't, uh, I think it was, a, I think it was around $3,000 is what we needed. So it wasn't a huge, huge amount, but it was significant. And so, um, the next day, I come into the office, and the lady who's the financial secretary, uh, who's a good friend of mine, she said, hey, just so you know, the money came in. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, we were excited about that. And uh, she said, one person gave um, the biggest gift. Well, I didn't know who it was. She didn't tell me who it was. I didn't want to know who it was because I kind of was believing what Jesus said about not letting the right hand know what the left hand was doing. I didn't think I should know who it was. So I said, oh, that's great. So we did a thing in the you know, bulletin or the, the um, newsletter, thanks for giving, we met our goal because of you, we're going to fly to Brazil instead of swim and all that kind of stuff. And so it was exciting. Several years later, several years later, um, after we had already started this church, a friend of mine was somewhere and he was doing some work for a guy at his house. And this guy came out, and he starts talking to this friend of mine, and he said, you go to that church Cliff started? 
He said, yeah, yeah, I go there. I'm real involved there, and we love it, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And the guy said, yeah. He said, uh, he said I don't like him. He said, well, why not? He said, well, back when he was at Fairview, he stood up and said they needed a bunch of money to go to uh, Brazil, and I wrote a check and finished off what they owed and said the amount of what it was. He still remembered exactly the amount. And he said, you know what? He never said thank you. Nobody from that church ever told me thank you. They didn't even, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he was upset about that. And my friend said, well, you know, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I didn't know that happened or whatever. And it really bothered my friend. He came to me all worried about it. And, uh, and the last thing that guy said to my friend is he said this. He said, that's all right, though. I'm going to get my reward one day. And I told my buddy, I said, no, he ain't. Any reward he wanted is never going to come to him. But now here's the deal. What he did, it, it helped us fly to Brazil. It didn't. The work of God went on. He gave to it. We flew to Brazil because of his money. But he's never going to be rewarded for that. Not because he's a bad person, any of that kind of stuff, but because his motivation was completely wrong. He gave hoping that we would notice. He gave expecting me to come to him and pat him on the back and say, whoo, you're so great, we couldn't have done it without you. And here's what else I know. If he hadn't have given that day, somebody else would have. Because God had called us to go to Brazil, and that work was going to happen, whether he gave or not. But what he did was, is he forfeited his ability to be rewarded for being a big part of God's work. And people were affected, and ministry went on in Brazil, and there were people saved, and he had a part in it, but he'll never receive the reward for it. So I, I just want to give you that story, a real-life story, as a warning to say to you, when whatever it is we do, whatever it is, whether it's serving, giving, praying, fasting, whatever it is, remember the why is just as important as the what. Let me pray. Father God, you are so kind to us, and, and it's so awesome that you allow us to be a part of your work and the part of the things that you do in, in this world to, to redeem it. And help us as we serve you to be sure that every action we take, that we do it out of genuine love for you, genuine thankfulness for what you've done for us on the cross. And if there's any, any part of us Anything that we're doing where our motivation is off, off balance, make, make us aware of that and help us to get our hearts right. We love you and we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.